Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen, back with you on 610 AM ESPN Radio, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can join us at 888-728-9941. Jeff, let's get this started. Did you know that yesterday was the Sports Equinox? I never heard about the Sports Equinox until you mentioned it today. So it was the 17th Sports Equinox where all the leagues were playing on the same day. Are you excited? Disappointed that you no. missed it. The, the only time that sports equinox is going to matter is when all the Philly four Philly teams are playing. Now, has that ever happened for for any city? I don't know if the city could handle that. <laughs> it would. Be, can you imagine how awesome that would be? It would be pretty Cause great because it, it would mean that that the Phillies are in the World Series or at least close to the World Series. It, it would be pretty crazy. Why don't you go ahead and uh, bring our first guest on? Since since we've got him on the air, we got. Uh, we'll get started, and we'll get right to the sports this week. Hey, Bob, are you there? I'm here, fellas. How are you? Good. So uh, right now we have Bob Ford from the Philadelphia Inquirer and Daily News, and we're going to talk a little bit of good sports with you. Quiet time in the world of Philadelphia sports, right, Bob? Not, oh, not, yeah. Nothing going never, on tonight? Never, never an exciting moment. So are you going to be down there for the spectacle that is the start of the Sixers home opener this evening? I, I am here right now, as a matter of fact. I just I just walked off the floor. I was watching some warm-ups and uh, came off to join you guys. So all the seats covered in those cool T-shirts with the caricatures of the players on them? It, apparently they are, yes. There's a lot of white T-shirts out there, so it's going to be interesting looking whenever people are inside them. So, so let me ask you a question about those T-shirts. We saw the T-shirts. There's seven players on. Are, are the other players complaining that they're not on the T-shirts? <laughs> Uh, you know what? I haven't done that reporting yet, so uh, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have to get back to you on that one. We'll, I, we'll, I, would, I guess it would be no. We'll look for that story to follow. Let's get right to yeah. it, though. The, the Sixers, for the first time in a long time, open as a home fra- favorite with a ton of excitement. Uh, I don't know about you, but to see Embiid, Simmons, Sarge, and Fultz on the court the other night was pretty exciting. What were your first takes from the opener on the road in Washington the other night? I just think it's going to be a fascinating season. Uh, it's not going to be a straight line in how all those guys do blend together and work together. Uh, but I think that the component pieces are there for a really, really exciting offensive team. Uh, I like Simmons on the ball. I'm not as crazy about Fultz off the ball. Uh, and, you know, Embiid just makes you smile. I mean, you just can't watch Joel Embiid and, and not smile every time you see him. So it's, it was, it's a lot of fun, and I think it is a work in progress. It's not something that's going to – you know, come right out of the bag and be ready to go. But uh, but I think it's something that we're all going to enjoy watching as it does develop. Do you, do you think there's ever, you know, your concern about uh, the point guard position is something that concerns me too, is how are you going to get Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz to blend? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I have long felt that it's possible that down the road there's going to be more of a sharing of the ball. Uh, more towards in, in Fultz's uh, direction, simply because, and I have no problem with Simmons being on the ball. I think he's very good. He can get any place he wants to on the floor. But where does Fultz go when he doesn't have the ball? How, what, where can he help you when he doesn't have the ball? He's not a good outside shooter, so putting him on the perimeter doesn't really make the defense play any honest any more honestly. He could certainly be a slasher and a cutter, and we're going to see some of that, I'm sure but you don't really want him living around the basket area because you've got some other guys who you want to have some space to operate there, uh, mostly Embiid 
and uh, Simmons when he gets in there. So I'm just a little concerned about what you do with Fultz when he's off the ball and where he goes. Uh, more than I'm concerned with Simmons being on the ball. He's obviously coming off the bench Fultz as a rookie right now, even though he's a top draft pick. Are you concerned at all with the injury to his shoulder? I mean, it pains me to watch him shoot free throws at this point. I can't imagine the reaction from the team. Uh, yeah, there's something wrong with his stroke. And, you know, I did not study enough of his college career to know if he went in and out of problems with his stroke, you know, at, at that level. Uh, but there's something wrong with it. And could it be injury related? Yes. If it is, uh, to me, it would make more sense to sort of shut him down and get it taken care of rather than let him, you know, fall into bad habits because he's favoring something. So I'm, I am a little mystified about his shot right now and Sixers are not being entirely forthcoming, uh, but you know, which is not that surprising. But it's something that's going to bear watching because, again, as I said about defenses, you know, the idea in the NBA is everything is a pick-roll, screen-roll game, and you have to make the defense respect you enough to go over screens and not merely sag under them because they're not afraid of you being able to shoot. That's how screens work if you make the defender go over them, and that's how you get guys free. And if you can't do that – it's going to be really difficult to make use of him. And Jeff, Jeff has raised that concern with us on the show a few times about should you sit him down and, and let him get healthy. Something that surprised me in terms of not sitting him down, Joel Embiid did not seem excited before the start of the season to hear there was going to be a minutes restriction on him, and then all of a sudden he plays 26 minutes in the first game. Were you surprised to see his minutes expand that much, and what can we expect going forward from him on the court? Uh, well, Brett Brown has been a little bit elusive and saying that you know the flow of the game if it's a if it's a really hard up and down transition game then you know 16 minutes of that kind of ball is different than 16 minutes of mostly half court walk-up ball I think we all understand that we understand the pace of the game can have something to do with with how those minutes are going to slide that said 26 instead of 16 to me was uh, was a bit of a surprise and now that that's out there, I mean, I think, why can't you get 26 minutes every night as a, as, as a baseline? And so, it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he gets tonight. Obviously, you know, how the game goes is going to affect some of that. Foul situation is going to affect some of that. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, I don't see any reason why he can't be almost a full-time player. And, you know, you got your first back-to-back coming tomorrow night. It'll be interesting to see what happens there, too. So, so with with the Celtics coming in and with the the horrible injury that Hayward suffered the other day, oh, that was ugly. Um, what do you expect it to change for the Celtics, and what what should we look be, be looking for tonight? Uh, I would think you know, and I've, I'm not a great student of the Boston Celtics right now. I've been paying a lot more attention to the Sixers, but you would think that they would have to be more of a perimeter team, and they would you know not be able to lean on Hayward getting the ball inside as much. Uh, I think you would probably expect them to shoot a higher percentage of of uh, three-point shots than they might have anticipated. But, you know, I'm, we're all just guessing. Unfortunately, in an hour and a half, you know, we're going to get the real answers. Uh, but I would, I would say that staying in front of the ball, being good positional defenders is going to be a key not for the Sixers, not just tonight, but all year long. They lost to Washington the other night because they got killed at the free throw line. They put Washington on the line way, way too much, and they lost the turnover battle. 
So these are two things that can be taken care of just with discipline. You win the turnover battle just by taking care of the ball, and you don't put the other guy on the line because you play good positional defense. Those are very easy things. Those aren't skill things. You don't have skill to do that. You just have to have discipline. And honestly, those are two things that are really important, and, and uh, I'd like to see some uh, development in that direction soon. One of the guys who is on the T-shirt is Robert Covington, and he had himself a night the other night, 29 points, uh, went off from three in 29 minutes. I was reminded on Twitter that Sam Henke uh, got him from the Grand Rapids Drive D-League team in 2014. It really seems like with some of the weapons that they have on this team, from Embiid to Simmons, the ability to spread the court that Reddick and Covington and some of the other shooters are really going to get open shots that they can knock down. Can you talk about what you think you're going to see from the team from the three-point range? Uh, well, I think Reddick is obviously a, a legitimate three-point shooter and Covington's a legitimate three-point shooter, you know, for the most part. Uh, I don't see, you know, Bayless maybe a little bit, uh, and certainly Embiid has, has capability. So I think it's going to be judicious on their part. I think there's going to be uh, some attention to spreading the floor once they get into the half court. And uh, there's going to be a lot of three-point shots taken. You know, Brett Brown is a real believer in the uh, in the philosophy that he you know he got in San Antonio. That, you know, there's a lot of analytics that make sense. Some some analytics don't make sense, but there's a lot to do. And one of them that does is this shot standing here is worth three points, and this shot standing here is worth two points. I think all of us can understand that. So I think we're going to see a lot of them. And I think Redick is going to be your, your number one three-point shooter, but there's other guys who, who are going to be capable. His shot is just so smooth. It's nice to watch. So before we have to lose you and let you go back to the basketball game, let's flip to the Eagles real fast. It's just how you predicted. They're the only one-loss team in the league and uh, doing really well, right? That's what everybody thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, what I what I really thought was that, you know, they could get to this point at like 4-2. and two. So I'm a little surprised at 5-1. and one. But they could get to this point at 4-2. and two. But then that back end of the schedule, those last 10 games, were a very, very difficult stretch. But now things have changed a little bit. Now they, it doesn't look like quite as difficult a stretch. I mean, Dallas doesn't look as daunting as they did before. The Oakland Raiders had a good game the other night. Don't look as daunting as they did before. You know, there's teams on that schedule where before the season you look at it and you go, oh, well, that's going to be tough and that's going to be a loss. And now you say, no, they're going to have a shot at that. So, I mean, even if they just went five and five, you know, that's 10 wins. And I think they're going to do better than that. I think they're going to go six and four, seven and three. And I couldn't even tell you what the three losses would be. So we're talking about 12 wins. So it's, it, it's a remarkable, it's a remarkable turnaround. There's and, no question about it. And, and, you know, they deserve it. They deserve the accolades that they're getting right now. We did talk a lot about the difficulty of the schedule at the start of the season. And, and you, you mentioned how it's different now, if you look at it, they have eight games against the remaining NFC opponents who have a combined record of 14 and 24. It's just not the division that people thought it was going to be right now, which provides an opportunity for the team. It also kind of lays out nicely in terms of they had this 11-day break after the start of the season on the road some, then they'll play a couple games again, then they'll have their bye week. So it gives them the opportunity to try and stay healthy a little bit. Should be a crazy atmosphere Monday night down at the link, right? Uh, I think it's going to be insane. I think it's going to be really, really crazy. I mean, it, as you said, it's a division game, and, and they're uh, – and those are always get a little bit of extra excitement to them. But, and Monday night, you know, national TV, all that kind of stuff. No, I think it's going to be exciting. And people are sky high about the team right now. If they're not going to get excited on Monday night, I don't know when they are. Wentz obviously has some more to do to develop a little bit. Have you been surprised? I, I saw a stat. He's been blitzed. He's the most blitzed quarterback at 39.3%. Uh, and 
in that he's been so successful in what he's done, have you been surprised at his growth from year one to year two at this point? Uh, surprised by year one to year two. No, I, I haven't. I, I think this is sort of a continuation. Uh, and, you know, he's getting blitzed a lot because teams are bringing one of those safeties into the box every time. They have a lot of blitzing opportunities down there because for the most part, he hasn't shown deep, deep ball consistency yet. If he ever adds that to his repertoire where teams have to keep two high safeties and then they can't come after him as much and he's got a little more time to operate, then we're really talking about things opening up. Uh, but you know, that's, so that's the next step for him, the next level of development that everyone wants to see and everyone expects to see is just a little bit more consistency on, those, on the deep balls to keep the blitz off his back a little bit. Here's my, here's my concern. My concern is, is the defense is the back, the defensive backfield. I know Darby is coming back. Do you see that being a big addition at this point? Oh, yeah. I think they've been living on borrowed time with what they have right now, to be honest with you. Not that they haven't played well, but just that you're asking people to do some things that it might not be fully in their capability yet. You know, when Russell Douglas has to play a big part of it as a rookie, it's not that he isn't talented. It's not that he's not going to grow into a, a legitimate a cornerback in the in the NFL it's that he's a rookie and, and you're just asking people to do a lot of things Patrick Robinson was a disaster in training camp he really was and now he's <laughs> and, and and now it's I don't know what what's happened to him but he's playing at a decent level you know in that in that slot role and on the outside when he has to and uh so how long can that keep going before he gets targeted a little bit so I think they're playing a little bit with with house money and a, a little bit on borrowed time as I said so getting Darby back, I think it's a big deal. I think it's a huge deal. And the fact that he was able to get out there and practice some this week, and I think maybe can be projected to uh, to come back the following week, uh, I think that would be a great addition for them. Because I, like you, I it's, if I have one major area of concern of things falling apart, it would be the defense, not the offense. They've definitely been doing it with smoke and mirrors back there in that defensive backfield, and it's good to see them getting healthier as they've had the, some time off. But what they did lose last week is their special teams standout in John Maragos. Your concerns about the special teams going forward, they've been such an important part of the team with, with him not in there. Yeah, no, he was a big deal. He's captain and uh, was really sort of big on all of the uh, special teams units. And, you know, he'll still be in the – in the uh, room and and uh, helping in meetings and all that kind of stuff, but that's not the same as being on the field. So that was a that was a big loss. I agree. I mean, you know, it's, it's still special teams, and they'll say next man up, and you know that's fine. That's that's always the cliche, but you know, you have, you have to remember that there's a reason the next man up wasn't up before. So. Exactly. There's a, there's yeah. a reason why the the next man up wasn't the special teams captain. Uh, the guy Correct. who you see making a lot of the team the plays downfield on special teams. Uh, we really appreciate you hopping on with us today before the game tonight. We'll be looking for you down there wearing your T-shirt and cheering on the team. And then uh, <laughs> we'll be looking for you running out on the field on Monday night during the Redskins game against the Birds. And uh, yeah. hope to have you back on and look forward to reading your columns about it afterwards. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And always good jumping on with you guys and have a great show. Hey, hey, Jeff, uh, Jeff actually had one more question before you jump off. Okay. Uh, he so, wants... so Bob, I'm getting, I'm, I'm starting to take my notes for next year's Kentucky Derby. <laughs> so, 
and, and I know you're the horse guy. So, so my money's on Blue Bud. Give us your pick early so I can go out to Vegas. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I don't have the two-year-old book in front of me. And if I did, I would tell you that every time I've looked at it in the past, like 30 years, I've been wrong about the Kentucky Derby. So you don't want to listen to me. Let's, let's wait. Let's let them get around the corner into the new year. Let's let them turn into three-year-olds before we look at them. Okay? Well, th- there, there is a horse called He Hate Me. Got to watch out for him, Bob Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Have a Thanks great, a lot, Bob. Have a great I will one. definitely, I will definitely watch that one. <laughs> Thanks so time. much for calling and have a great one tonight, Bob. All right, fellas, take care. Thank you. Take it easy. So, Jeff, big yes. uh, start to the season tonight. We'll, we'll get our horse picks later from him. <laughs> um, it should be a crazy atmosphere down there tonight. It was a crazy atmosphere in Washington. You want to hear what the atmosphere was like in Go Washington? Go ahead. Let's get the sound on here. For <laughs> How crazy is that? That was in Washington. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, we're used to that with Eagles fans. The Eagles fans travel well. The Phillies fans, during their their best time, traveled well. Flyers fans, you know, they stay home. I think, but but <laughs> Flyers fans are not happy with <laughs> you right now. <laughs> well, you don't you don't see that you don't hear "Let's Go Flyers" a lot on the road, and you usually don't hear "Let's Go Sixers" or "Trust the Process" very much on the road. And, and to see that in the first game of the year in Washington, D.C., I mean, that's a pretty good basketball town. So the fact With a that good that team. Ma- yeah, but the fact that that many Sixers fans actually got tickets is amazing. I, but, to, but to take over the arena and just dominate as far as noise was crazy. The, the best thing was you weren't watching. You were like in the car or something, right? And uh-huh. I texted you and you're like, no, I can't be right. You turned it on and you were like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I, it, it, it's just, you know, it's like watching a Chargers game and whoever they're playing. <laughs> it's the home team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll let that be the last word for the first segment. Stick with us when we come back. we got plenty more to talk about. We'll have Sam Carcidi on and talk a little flyers. We'll get Jeff's legal take on all the world in the legal world of sports. And then we will come back and talk a little MLB playoffs and get our picks. Stay with us. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey. Those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at one 337 3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. Great to be back with you on The Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer here in studio with Jeff Cohen. 
Jeff will be joined in a minute by Sam Carcitti, talk a little flyers, but you and I actually went down to the game last night, right? It was beautiful. It, it was fun down there. Yeah. I mean, not the, the result that we wanted. Pecorine kind of ruined our night. He's such a good goalie. Other than the fact that he was my fantasy goalie. so <laughs> you, you know, you pointed that out at the beginning of the night. But I told you that I was you know, okay. I pull my with, hair out when you say stuff like I that. I told you that I was okay with not getting points from him that night. So I made clear where my rooting interests were. Yeah, but you did. There was a point in the second period when you pointed out to me that a save gave you a certain number it of points. It was the only good thing that was going on at that no, point. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, because that's not true. Because I think that the Flyers' defenses look much better than I thought it would. They have. The offense is not really the problem for me it's the defense was getting old and and the flyers brought in a, and they're taking a risk on some young guys and there's going to be just like bob was saying with the basketball team it's not going to be a straight line it's going to be up and down but neuverth looks good in goal Elliot looks he, good in goal his and record, the defense looks good. his record is not what his play has been no well it's only three games yeah. that he's played in but he's leading the league in save percentage he has played well and he played well last night uh you know the goal that he gave up was down the far end of the ice so I couldn't see the rush quite as well but he really played well earlier in the game while while everything was going on and he and, gave up one goal to a team that was in the Stanley Cup Finals what was your thoughts down there in terms of the atmosphere at the arena for what we saw last night? I thought it was good. I mean, I, I did I did get a little L.A. vibe there because when we when we got to the game and the game was about to start, if you remember, you said you looked at me and you said, look, the, the seats aren't full. So it, the, there was a little L.A. vibe about people not getting there in time. But then once the game went on about, you know, five minutes into the game, the seats filled up. The Let's Go Flyers chant started. I know th that, that a friend of ours complains that the Let's Go Flyers <laughs> chant is on the wrong syllable. Yes, he's not happy but... <laughs> with the tone that they take with the Flyers chant. We are actually joined on the line right now by Sam Carcitti. Sam, how are you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing today? Wonderful. Thanks so much for hopping on with us. Thanks for joining us, Sam. My pleasure. Well, so when can we read your new book? You're the you're the author of If These Walls Could Talk with uh, Flyers announcer Lou Nolan. When when can we catch that out there? That's the first question yeah, I want to ask. I, I appreciate asking. It's uh, it should be in Barnes and Noble uh, right now. They said that uh, this week it would be getting into stores, and you can also get it uh, on Amazon.com or uh, BarnesandNoble.com. And, uh, yeah, Lou and I are going to be doing a lot of book signings, too. So, well, in I, fact, two of them at the Wells Fargo Center. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Well, I can confirm that it is in Barnes & Noble because I got, did get my copy. That's what and, you want oh, to hear, great. right, yep. Sam? But, but <laughs> yeah, that the, the, good. It's, it's going to be on Kindle. If you remember, I asked you because I have a Kindle. It's going to be on Kindle November 1st. There you go. So Jeff is so now informing our audience of, of how they can find it. We wish you the best of luck with it. And I'm sure that there Thank are you. some amazing that. stories from 50 years with, with Lou Nolan there. How did the concept come up for that book before we get to the team right now? Yeah, well, actually, Triumph Books is, is doing this with uh, – they're the publisher, and they're doing this with all the teams in all sports, uh, you know, for the Phillies, Flyers, Eagles, 76ers, and all, and all the cities across North America. So they, they approached me and uh, – uh, and asked me if uh, if I could come up with somebody that would have a lot of stories to tell. And, of course, Lou has been there longer than anybody. He's been there 50 years. Nobody's been there uh, since the uh, since the team started in 1967, uh, except for Lou. Lou's the only one left. And, and uh, as you said, he never ran out of stories. And, and uh, you know, he started out with Lou Angotti and Don Blackburn, Gary Dornhofer, Doug Favell, uh, Bernie Pront. You can go on and on, the first-year Flyers. 
and of course all the way up now through uh, Nolan Patrick and Ivan Provrov and and all the uh, the young flyers from now and he never ran out of stories as I said and uh, um, yeah he was hired interestingly enough by Joe Cadillac uh, as an assistant public relations director his first couple years and uh, I think this is his 46 years Oh, we lost you there for a sec, Sam. Are you there? Yep, we got you now. We we caught every other okay. word there for a sec. He was there for 46 years, you were saying. Well, if we have 50 years, 46 is the Sam, Sam, you're cutting out again. Can you hear me? There we go. We there got we go. you again. Technology's only good when it works, so we understand. Yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a cell phone, so hopefully uh, for some reason Nope, you're you're fading out again. Hey Sam, we're just gonna put you on hold for one second, see if it clears up for a sec, and and then we'll go back to you. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, so, uh, Jeff, we were down there last night. Obviously, Sam was probably and down there's there. and there's something new outside the stadium. Yeah. There's a, there's a big statue of Mr. Snyder that was unveiled yesterday. 50 years to the day from the first home game at the Spectrum. That's pretty cool, the the symmetry of how that worked out. I know. Um, you know, it was, it, they, they would call him Mr. Snyder. It was his dream to see this come about, and here it is now, and now there's a statue to him outside. I'm surprised that it got done so quickly. I, I thought that, it, that they had just commissioned it, not that it's popping up there right now. I, I so. was surprised that it, it came up so fast also. Well, let, let, let's, see if we can, let's see if we can make technology work. Uh, we we had to drop him off. It looks like we'll try and get Sam back oh. on. It doesn't look like technology's our friend right now. We'll see if he pops back up. But let's talk about the game last night. The Flyers had scored 13 goals in their previous two games, but were shut out last night. Not what we've seen from the offense. Well, you know why that happened? Because we were there. Exactly. That's it. We're just mushes. 13 goals in the in the previous two games, and then then this. We're just mushes. Nothing. That's how it works. Yeah. It's, it's our fault. Uh, I see, uh, I blame you. And I blame you. <laughs> but it's easy. It's yeah. just. I, I I see a lot, you know. Ju- again, just like Bob said with with the young Sixers team, this is a younger Flyers team that is starting to take hold, and, and I like what I'm seeing from these young guys. You know, th- there's this issue with Sanheim. Last year there was the issue with with Gossespierre, but I, I think that they're going to mature into two really good defensive lines. And what really excites me, and I I pray that they stick with it is this this idea of putting Giroux out on a wing because Giroux is so fast and he is so good with a stick that it it just made sense, even though he's never played right wing before, but he seems to have adjusted to it. And you have Couturier barreling down the middle and, and you have Giroux and Voracek, who are just speed skaters flying down the race. It, the it was cool to watch our, our vantage point. We were behind the goal up, up a little bit so we could see the rush forming. Sam, do we have you back on the line there? I think so. It, it's, oh, uh, so much better. Oh, okay. Sorry I hope it holds out. Oh, no problem at all. It's not your fault that technology doesn't It's like work. rabbit ears. You're probably holding one left arm up in the air and your, your right leg up in the air. We, <laughs> we did talk briefly uh, while we were waiting to get you back about, you know, we talk about if the walls could talk. They'd probably tell some stories about Ed Snyder, and you were there last night as they unveiled the statue on the 50th anniversary of the first home game. What were your thoughts on that, being there for that uh, occasion? Yeah, I thought it was really tastefully done, and I thought they did a great job. And and Lou uh, Nolan was the MC of it, but uh, I thought uh, you know Lindy Snyder especially uh, 
Ed, Ed's daughter uh, just did a great job of uh, characterizing her dad, and, and so did all the other speakers, Gary Bettman, the NHL commissioner, Paul Holmgren, the Flyers president, Dave Scott, uh, who runs Comcast Spectacor, and, and uh, yeah, it, was, it was an emotional day for everybody, and I think uh, it was a great tribute that so many people came out. You had 30 former Flyers there, and you had about 700 people. So, uh, yeah, just a, just a great turnout, and, uh, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think the Snyder family was very, very pleased with the turnout and, and how everything went, and props to, like, Richmond, who put it all together. Do you, do you think that uh, Ed Snyder's daughter said that she wanted to start a new tradition of people walking by and uh, touching the uh, Stanley Cup ring on the statue? you think that's going to catch on? I think it will. Uh, and it, 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 Unfortunately, it didn't work last night. Everybody was <laughs> waiting single file in line and touching it, including Paul Holmgren and, and uh, you know other executives. Bernie Perrant got a big kick out of it. And he touched it and was yeah, rubbing we, it. We saw Bernie and, later last night, and he made sure to show us both of his rings afterwards. <laughs> so we got up close view of that. <laughs> he, he does. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it will carry on. It just unfortunate it didn't work last night, but if, if it did, I think it would have caught on even more. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, uh, a great tradition. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, it'll, it'll bring some wins down the road. They, they actually played a pretty good game last night, and uh, but they ran into a hot goaltender. And, uh, but they've played, uh, you know, I, I think they're, you know, they're, they're four and three right now, and I think they've played seven seven pretty solid games and uh, I think overall you have to be pleased the way this team is playing. So, so Sam, one of the things I noticed in your book is there are a couple places where where that you rank players regarding different things and one of them was ranking the uh, top leaders in, in Flyers history and we have one of them here now. Can you tell us what makes Claude Giroux so special as a leader? Yeah, but just so we're clear, that that uh, they were lose rankings. They okay. were totally Lou Nolan's rankings. You know, I think Giroux is uh, uh, he he gets some unfair criticism, but to me, uh, he's a great leader just because you know he he, he has uh, fought the follow me attitude. You know, he he lays it all on the line out there. And, and some people aren't real demonstrative. Some people aren't real talkative. Uh, Wayne Simmons, I think, is, and some people. Uh, misinterpret that and they think you know that's a better leader somebody that can you know really fire people up but Giroux fires people up by uh, the way he plays on the ice I don't think there's a wrong way and I don't think there's a right way but um, you know you, you just want to be yourself that's the most important thing and uh, Bobby Clark was a lot like that as far as being a leader he just did it by example and I think Giroux's like that and that's not to take anything away from Wayne Simmons who you know I think would be uh, a great captain himself but uh uh, there's no need for that because Giroux is uh, is the guy who uh, who leads by example, and I think Lou feels the same way. I just just from talking to him, and and uh, yeah, I think that's why he ranked Giroux so high. Have you been surprised at all with how comfortable Giroux's been with moving to the wing? It, it seems like it gives them more options with Katoria at the center, and and gives them. A, I've, I've, the team looks like they have just have a lot more speed. It, it gives them more options and energy. Yeah. Yeah, I have been a little surprised and uh, at how comfortable he's been, and I I talked uh, today actually to Dave Axel about that, and and he, and he said the reason that's working so well is because Giroux really bought in, and again that that goes to his leadership. He just said that uh, you know I'll play anywhere, I'll play defense if you need me to, and and uh, you know because of that, um, you know I, I think the other players see that, and 
and they take his cue and they say, hey, if our, our captain, a guy who's played there for 10 years, can switch positions and not complain at all, uh, you know, we got to work a little harder ourselves. And, and uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's worked. I, I thought it might work uh, for a little while, but I actually thought that it would be just a temporary thing. I thought, wasn't really sure that uh, Sean Kachuri had enough speed uh, to be the number one, number one center. Uh, but, you know, he's complimented. It, it just, ba- they balance each other real well. Uh, Giroux is not as good a defensive player as Couture. So, so it takes some of the defensive pressure off him. Of course, the center's got a lot more defensive responsibilities. And uh, because of that, I think Giroux's been a fresher player. And, we, and we, we see that Giroux's speed is a lot better than last year, too. Now, some of that is because he's healthy. But some of that is also because uh, he, he's been saved some wear and tear by Sean Couture. No question about it. So Sam, we we know that we appreciate the fact that you had to, you know you have a short period of time that you jumped on with us, and uh, hopefully we can have you on again. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks, thanks so much. Lot, you have a great one. Okay, you too. Take care. So Jeff, you you got the book, and and you are you're gonna give me the cliff notes because I don't read. <laughs> it, it, well, it, it's I, I haven't had a chance to read the whole book yet. I did I did some flipping flipping through, and it, it's just an interesting book. From the vision of not only Sam, but also Lou Nolan, who has the perspective of 50 years of flying. I, I want to read the, the section on the Russians. There's <laughs> got to be, I haven't seen it yet. There's, there's got to be something in there about what they saw. There's stuff on the Russians, and it's interesting because Lou Nolan talks about other things that he's broadcasted or where he's announced. And there's, there's another Russian game that, that he announced in New York. I think it was on a way back from a trip. They asked him to to do. I think it was the Islanders and the Russians. So it's an interesting book, and I did see that there there's a whole series of these books that are all over the country. It's an interesting concept. So it's a fun sports weekend going on here in the city. Uh, we've got it's an awesome we, sports. We had the weekend. Flyers last night. You got the Sixers home opener tonight. You got the Flyers playing at one tomorrow. The Sixers playing at seven on and tomorrow night and Monday night football with the no, Eagles. No, no, no. You skipped one. Go ahead. Penn State and Michigan. I forgot that. How could you miss that? One? Well, I wasn't sure if you were going to want to talk about it because I don't know if you really are sure how it's uh, going to turn uh, out. Look, if there, if there's look, some... you guys got pushed to the edge last week with Indiana, so don't try and argue with me that, that you're going to go roll. Penn no, State I, this week. no. If I if I if we were doing picks on college football right now, you would not be picking. I, Michigan. I would not pick Michigan. I, I think that the offense is just way too timid. Harbaugh is not has no confidence so, in this quarterback. So you just said the magic word, and I'm going to ask Harbaugh? you as a Michigan man: Do you still have faith in Jim Harbaugh? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, uh, but it but it works. There's some Michigan people bailing. Yeah, but the, the 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 Michigan people that are bailing are not the alumni. The the Michigan people are the bailing are the people that live outside who who treat Michigan like it's a professional sports team. And and so but the but the true Michigan fan realizes that this is a process that just like the Sixers, it's a process. Harbaugh's done a great job recruiting and and developing players. The defense lost 10 of 11 starters from one of the top defenses in the nation, replaced them, and now they're one of the top defenses again. But the, you, if without a quarterback, it is very hard to win. And so far they're 5-1, and one, but it, Penn they, State they lucky, is that good. They were lucky to escape in the yeah, last week. But Penn State has Trace McSorley as a, as a quarterback. Saquon they have a Barkley good, Well, I was going to so save him to good. the end, but but he he you know he's a – one of the better running backs in the last 10 years and could be we'll see easily how your a defense top five. stacks up against him. Yeah. But it's a whiteout game. 
It and, is. and I've been to except those. for the jerseys that Michigan will be wearing. Yes, be but uh, but I have been to a couple whiteout games. One during the day and one one at night. The the night ones, what like this one, they're just really cool. Penn State does a great job. The entire stadium it looks <clears> like <throat> snow, and the place is just rocking. So we've got our board operator behind the glass. Brett, hop on the mic for a sec. We didn't tell you we were going to do this. So are you prepared? You're doing a comedy. Don't worry, show. we're not going to like sing happy. Birthday. You're doing a comedy show coming up, right? Yes, I am. Are are you ready and prepared and excited? I am. I just all I gotta do is make the bridge in between and have it right in the, in the right order. So all you, big, all you have to do is write the jokes. I already wrote the jokes. <laughs> the big, the big question is, how much do Jeff and I appear in your show? That's really all we care about. Yeah. What's that? How much do Jeff and I appear? In how your many show? jokes are you making about us? about us? About how much you Honestly, hate working zero. with us, or you know. We're terrible people, or I'm too short, or Jeff's too tall, whatever you I'm say. short, so... So there's no... We didn't make your show at all. We're plugging your show, and we didn't even make it. Where Why, is it? Why, you guys want to be in it? No, I think you should get to writing now. I mean, get to work. I've been working. <laughs> Clearly. So, so, Brett, quickly tell us, where is the show, and what time is the show? Uh, Leatherhead Pub at... Uh, you don't even what, know when Egg you're Harper, performing. <laughs> you don't even know when you're performing. What time are you going AC, on? It's 8 p.m. on Wednesday. Are did you, you, did are you, you gonna, set your alarm? Oh, yeah, I set my alarm. Okay. Are you going to wear your Kansas City Chiefs sweatshirt to show them how much of a fan you are? Nah, I'm going to be styling and profiling. Styling? Okay. What are you, what are you wearing? Do you get, do you get a special wardrobe? You're going to put back it? on that Dallas Cowboys yeah. outfit and have things You're going to go all him. Richard Lewis on us and like wear all black? I don't know yet for sure, but for jeans, I'm going to wear a bl dark black jeans. Well, not dark black, but like a dark blue. All right, that's enough fashion time with Brett. <laughs> we're good. Oh, we just wanted to see if you were going to be talking about us. That's enough. No, no, not <laughs> no. yet. We'll do Brett's fashion minute. <laughs> that'll, be the, that'll be the next segment. Yeah. Okay, before we go to break real fast, um, what were your thoughts on the game last night? Another exciting Thursday night football game, Jeff. I didn't watch it because I was at the Flyers game. Slacker, you could have DVR'd it. And the, by the way, the end was... On when we got home from the game, yeah, because but it ended on the last know, play with know, four you know, untimed downs. He, he, here's my problem: now the NFL is sitting there beating their chest, sitting there going, "We we've had some good games on Thursday night." That's not the problem. I understand. The problem is Thursday nights are bad for the players, yes. and it creates bad football and creates a whole bunch of injuries, and there's no need for it. Sunday and Monday are good enough for me. But Oakland still won last night, and when we went off the air last week, the Kansas City Chiefs were undefeated yep. and the best team in the league. And now not they've anymore. Got, now they've got two losses. Who's the best team in the league And people are starting now? to question their defense, which was covered up by the fact they were winning. Look, I'm not going to call the Eagles the best team in the league. I'm yeah. not going overboard like that. Right now they have the best record in the league, but they've got holes too. There's no dominant team in this league. No. They've got records, but there's no team that you say they're going to run away with it and nobody's going to catch them. Yeah, this this is parody. It is. It absolutely is. I mean, you look at the NFC East. You you look at what's going on out West. You're going to have teams beating each other up all season long. We're going to make our picks in the next We're segment. a third through the season, and the Jaguars and the Jets are still in it. Who would have? How often does that who happen? Who would have thought that the Jets would be three and three, and the Giants would be one and five? The, By the way, how did your nobody. Giants? How did your Giants screw that up? You guys were going for the number one draft pick, and you went and beat the Broncos. I know. <laughs> How bad is what that? What are you doing? You didn't even have uh, any wide last receivers. Last week on this show, I said the Giants were not going to score a single offensive point. And how'd that work out for uh, you? They scored. You should just so, stop predicting. Or maybe uh, th maybe what I'll do I thought is I'll I'd just be predict bad. and everybody should do the opposite. So you're a mush. Sure. I mean, I thought I'd be bad at the predicting, and yeah. I'm not overly good, but you're worse. <laughs> 
at this. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you definitely were. Mm-hmm. All right. Why don't we head to break? When we come back, we'll talk MLB playoffs. We'll make our picks for the week. Playoffs. Playoffs. And we'll let Jeff tell us what's going on in the world of law. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer here in studio with Jeff Cohen. Thanks so much for sticking with us. If you want to give us a call in the last segment, the phone number is 888-728-9941. I have brought my legal assistant here today to tell us what... Legal assistant? <laughs> what the heck? I was wondering, if that, was that a demotion well, that, that's you? <laughs> that, you? You need to play a murder clip now. <laughs> sorry sorry for giving you a demotion there. You want me to start carrying your book bag around uh, now, too? We can work on that. Don't yeah. worry. So yeah. when we got off the air last week, Ezekiel Elliott was not going to be playing football. When we got off the air last week, I went to the pool in Miami. As yeah. we come back on the air yeah. this week, Ezekiel Elliott will be playing football again. Right. What is going on, Jeff? It's like a tennis match. Like your neck is just going back and forth. And I've got it, right? a sore neck, so it's a real big problem. Yeah. What is going on? So, so for people out there, an injunction can be in several steps. So what happened was Ezekiel Elliott lost in Texas and said, all right, now I need to file in New York. Because that's what the court said. You that's lawyers. where it belongs. I okay? don't get this. So what happens is that he he now is entitled to file a full set of papers and the other side and the NFL is allowed to respond to it. And what the judge has said is while everybody is writing up their papers, I'm just going to preserve the status quo and let Elliot play. So he's not he's not ruling on anything. He's not saying that Elliot's right or the NFL is wrong. All he's saying is let's give him time for all the lawyers to get their papers in and make the argument. And then the judge will say whether or not he thinks the likelihood of success is that he wins or lose and make a ruling about whether or not he should be suspended or not. So this Sunday when we make our pick Cowboys Niners, Ezekiel will will be on the field. Well, I can't promise you with injuries, but I can tell you from a legal standpoint he's on the field. Well, like, how long does it take for this to end? Well, are the, we talking the, the gate where I've got two years of stories about the NFL in court well, with a player? Gonna, well, I, I think that's going to first of all, the judge will set a schedule until that until that schedule is followed. Elliot's going to be able to play, so it it will likely be till the end of this month, is what I heard. Okay, but I don't know what what do you want to do after that? It, 
it's going to be the yo-yo. I mean, the NFL came out a couple hours ago and said they have no intention of negotiating a lesser amount of games, right? So we went, we're at six games. The NFL says no. And, and there's an ulterior motive behind that, which is the NFL feels that they have to be hard on domestic violence. So what they're going to do is they're going to say no. And if they lose, then they can point to the NFL Players Association and Ezekiel Elliott and the courts and say, we tried to be tough on domestic violence, but nobody would cooperate with us. So there's no reason for them to negotiate. So, of course, once the NFL said that, then Elliott's camp came out and said, well, we don't want to negotiate either. I'm not sure what that <laughs> what what that gets them, but it's good for mediation, right? Yeah, when neither but, side will negotiate. But, but to answer your question, this is going to be. I I would almost bet you that this will, we'll be discussing this next year. And so there was another court filing this week. <sighs> Colin Kaepernick is suing the NFL, right? Yes. Well, yeah, he is. He's claiming collusion. Collusion. Yes. Explain this to so, me. Does he so, have a case? I think he's got a real uphill battle on this one, and and. and the pleading that was filed is all over the place. But basically what he is saying, collusion is, is that all of the teams have gotten together and can basically said, we're all going to agree together that we're not going to hire Colin Kaepernick. Now we've Do they heard have to talk about it? Do they have to like actively say we will not hire him or can they all make the same decision that it's not in our best interest and it's still collusion? It, it, without, like, without is it passive have, or active actions that equal collusion in that case? You, I, In theory, you can have it with them all saying in concert, we're not doing this. But every team is allowed to make its own business decision. Just because all 30-some-odd teams make that same decision does not necessarily make it collusion. He's going to have a really hard time showing that all the owners got together or even winked and nodded and said... Let's not bring in Kaepernick. Does he have to show that all of them did it? Or yeah, can he show that like a player was picked up on another team over him and therefore it shows that he was blackballed from the league? Well, blackballed is different. But that's not a I mean, that's not a legal term, but but he, if somebody else is picked up, that has nothing to do with it. I mean okay. that other than him saying this person is so much worse than me. And I don't think that's the winning argument. The The only way he's going to win that battle is to, to make the argument successfully and somehow show that the league got together and said, he's a bad apple. We can't have him on any of the teams. And the NFL is going to be able to argue, look, it's n we're not banning him because he's kneeling because every team has players that are kneeling. We're just not hiring him because he's not good enough is what they're saying. Correct. And, and, and there is... You know, there are some players like Malcolm Jenkins, who I believe has done it respectfully, at least in my mind, he hasn't, his motives have been pure, or at least appear to be pure. Colin Kaepernick, there, it, there was, he was the first, but there were these peripheral issues, including the socks with the... You can't get past that. Huh? You can't get past that. Well, I, I think a lot of that. I think that's the one yeah, that a lot of people can't yeah. get past. And then his girlfriend made some comments about the Ravens, and I think that people are concerned that even though Colin Colin Kaepernick, I believe, has said, "I'm going to stand." Not there's and, a debate about that. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I, one of the things I heard is he's going to stand. Let's assume that he said, "I'm going to stand," and I'm I'm going to be. I'm a just going to ask again. Who cares about the backup quarterback? 
He's not going to be a starter in this league. He gets signed. He sits on the bench. No, and no, he holds a but see, that, that's the opposite of what I would think. If, if nobody cares about the backup quarterback, then you really don't want the aggravation, right? I think he's more of a story not on a team than on a team. I think the fact that he's not but in the league, I think the fact no, that no. players went this week mm-hmm. and sat with the commissioner and the NFLPA and the owners, and one of them wasn't Colin Kaepernick, the player who started it, mm-hmm. continues to make Colin Kaepernick not being in the league a story. Correct. Except for right now, it's an NFL story. It's not an Eagles story. It's not a Ravens story. It, it's on the NFL. That's what people don't understand Roger Goodell's role. And, and this is where Roger Goodell's role, and it kind of goes into this is that the Shield and Roger Goodell are there to deflect from the owners. That's what he gets paid those big I bucks for. I can't stand for. hearing about that Shield stuff. But it's true. I, because, because if I'm an owner, I'm okay if people are complaining about the league doing stuff as long as nobody's pointing at isn't my it team. Isn't selective protection of the Shield, though? Like, don't they turn a blind eye at other times to things? Isn't there hypocrisy in everything? There is. Right. So, so, but in this situation, I don't, if I'm an owner, okay, and I have two choices that are about equal for a backup quarterback, which by definition it means you don't intend to use them, why am I going to bring in what I perceive to be, and I'm not, I'm not saying he is, I'm just saying, the perception is is it's going to cause trouble I guess, I guess and it's the going argument, to cost money. I guess the argument from some would be that they're not equal, that they're not both equal, that one would be better yeah, than the other. And I, I can't make I think that it's, case for I think his it's hard skill. to argue that Colin Kaepernick is not better than Brandon uh, Whedon. <laughs> uh, that's the case that apparently they're citing is when Brandon Whedon got signed. It's like, what is going on Which, here? by the way, how would you like to be Brandon right? Whedon now? I, I mean, he's going to be in all sorts of briefs talking about how he stinks. <laughs> Pretty much. He's the, he's the, the textbook I mean, case. For, are, are they going to call him as a witness and say, look. T- something tells me that that's going to be a 30 for 30 on ESPN. <laughs> okay, so let's... It did end up in a way where there was some positive discussion on what the players initially wanted this week. They Mm -hmm. met with the NFL in New York. They met with the owners from all reports. They had the most productive conversation between the players and the owners that they've had in a long time. By all reports. In terms of understanding where each other coming from. They did not make a decision to force the players to take an A. And so this issue is not over. And It's not going to be over. Well, it's not going to be over because people are going to want to make it about it's what they not, want. It's not. The, they could all stand up this week. It's still not going to be over. No. And we're not going to get into that this right. week. We're going to move on to other fun mm-hmm. stuff to talk about. But it, we have talked about it a lot on the show, and that's why we do want to give an update as the conversation progresses. Because hopefully they're moving to something where there are actions being taken. You have Chris Long deciding this week to donate the rest of his game salary. So, so I, I, that's incredible, isn't it? Look, stick to sports, man. Yeah. The next time I hear that, I'm going to ask the person who tells me to stick Chris, to sports Long, what they've done that's been as good as what Chris Long has done this season. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles are very lucky. They they have a lot of ca- high the, character players, and now. they have for years. They have had they they. I don't know if it's the type of player that they look for, right? But they have players who are very involved in the community, who give back, who really immerse themselves in what goes on and take pains to make sure that the community is better after they leave. I mean, look, I've had my issues with Jeffrey Lurie, but right now, Jeffrey Lurie is running. I'm not going to use gold. Don't standard. even go there. Right. No, we're done. But but we're done. but we're done. but we're uh, he, no no. But but he has done a very good but job you, of of putting together an organization that is now on the verge of being very successful 
and having high caliber guys. I cannot hear the words gold standard and not recoil. So we're going to go to our picks for the week. You did not have a very good week last week. You really enjoy that, don't you? I don't. I'm just stating yes, facts. Yes, you do. Like you like were, you had such a stellar No, week. well, compared to you, again, right. I'm the tallest person at the circus, but I'm still uh-huh. at the circus. So uh, I you, hate to tell you, buddy, you're not the tallest person at the circus. No, I'm not. So you were 4 <laughs> that and was 9 a bad last analogy. You were 4 and 9 last week. I was 7 and 6. That brings you to 34 and 37 on the season. I'm 40 and 31. By the way, see Brett, he's sitting there practicing his jokes. Yeah, he's he's back there. He's picking his games for the week. He's not pick, practicing his jokes. He's out of his suicide pool and he's trying to make his picks for the week and he's upset that I caught him back there yeah. covering his face. All right. Bucks at least at, he's not sleeping. Bucks at Bills. We're both taking the Bills. Yeah. Uh, Jameis Winston coming off a sore shoulder last week. He said he's going to play. Said he's going to play. Tampa mm-hmm. Bay lost. We'll see if the Bills can keep it rolling. Stay in first place in the AFC East. Mm-hmm. Didn't think I'd be saying that at this point in the season. Ravings at Vikings. Do you even try and put Sam Bradford on the field at this point? You might as well. Teddy Bridgewater is actually looking like he's going to come back amazingly. Well, they said that he's been cleared to practice. We'll see how long it takes before he gets in the game because it's not just physical. It's mental. Yes. I mean, that was a non-contact injury. They looked like it was career-threatening. So it's very hard to mentally get over that and just the first hit and the second hit. So you're going. we're both going with the Vikings. We're going with the purple team. How's Jets that? at the Dolphins. <laughs> I am actually picking the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I'm not sure why, but I am. You're taking the Dolphins, right? Yeah. You know, if I was doing one of those suicide pools, that I would have picked the Jets all Every season. Week. Yeah, you'd have picked I, the Jets. I would, at the beginning of the season, I would have said, Who is, whoever's playing the Jets. Cardinals at Rams. This I find is an interesting game because... I did not realize... Because they both played in St. Louis? I think that Adrian Peterson is going to have a bigger impact in Arizona than people realize. If there was a perfect offense that he could go to, that was it in Mm -hmm. terms of a pro-style set offense that runs the ball the way that he likes with a quarterback. They now have some weapons. I'm going with Arizona. Not that I'm totally confident with it. The Rams have played well. What say you? I'm going the most recent St. Louis team over the old St. Louis team. <laughs> the new St. Louis team yeah. over the old one. Well, uh, not new. Newer. Sa- Saints <laughs> at Packers. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers-less Packers. How could you is... skip the Jaguars? Oh, I'm sorry. Jags at Colts. It's Colt. such I an exciting... So... The, the ratings for Jaguars-Colts will be through the roof. Is that one in, Since you like is that one in London? Is that another London game? No, the Jaguars haven't moved there permanently. Not yet? And maybe it is. Who so knows? we're both taking the Jaguars. Andrew Luck had a setback this week. Looks like he's going to be yeah, he's not rested again. I don't know whether he's going to play this season mm-hmm. again. But they got Jacoby Brissett. Oh, clearly. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're both going with the Jags there. We don't have faith in Jacoby Brissett. Let me ask you a question. If the Colts continue to have this bad a season and still have Andrew Luck, do they draft a quarterback? It depends on his health. I would. I mean, you have to be concerned if you're a Colts fan. The Chargers did that when Drew Brees was hurt. Mm-hmm. Got and, and got Philip Rivers. Look, it gives you the opportunity to trade somebody if you have extra pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, two minutes left on the show, so let's fly through these. Saints and Packers. Packers no longer have Aaron Rodgers out for the season with a broken collarbone. Saints. Uh, that, that's a big swing for the NFC in general with Rodgers out there. Uh, Hundley's going to be their quarterback. Come on, for the we, st- we still got to talk about one more sport. I got the Saints. Panthers at Bears. We're both going Panthers. Panthers. We both got Titans over the Browns. We're both taking the Cowboys over the Niners with Ezekiel Elliott. We'll see how he plays. We both are going with the Steelers over the Bengals. God, did we all? Did we pick exactly the same? No, thing except week? I picked the Falcons to get revenge on the Patriots. And I picked the Patriots because the Falcons have looked like a team in disarray to me. And they, and how have the Patriots looked to you? I, I, they're still the they Patriots. Have, they are putrid defense. They are at home and they are still the Patriots. All right, so let's, so let's let's get to it. There's a new sport which was an old sport, coming back to Philadelphia. Yes, last minute. I used to go watch the Philadelphia Wings all the time, so tell me about the new sport. So Philadelphia is getting a lacrosse team again, 
and they are having they're letting the Philadelphia fans pick the name. And right now they're down to a final three, which is the Founders, the Wings, and the Fire. Where can I go and vote to pick the team that I want? They have a website, which is www.phillylacrosse, which is P-H-I-L-L-Y-L-A-X-2018.com. Which one are you voting for? I'm going for Founders. You like the Founders? Yeah, I think that's a cool name. I I'm, think you could do a lot with it. I'm between Founders and Wings because I like the nostalgia of playing back to the old team and the Founders with the city and everything. Brett, I'll do Fire. So we all pick. You a would. Different... Why would you take the Fire, Jeff? And because I don't it's that. because it's red and he's a Chiefs fan. Seriously. Yeah, the Fire. See, I knew it. Uh, go practice your comedy skit. <laughs> or he wants to do the ACDC Fire line. Is that it? I used to love those games. They were so physical. They would just... You know, you're talking nostalgia like the Wings have been gone for 30 years. They've been it's gone been like for three a years. No, they've been gone for longer than three no, years. No, I think they? 2014, I think, is when they left. Really? Yeah. All right, well, we'll have to go down when the new team comes back. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right, so that's going to have to be the last word for this week, Jeff. Sorry, mm -hmm. we have to cut you off there. All right. And sorry to give you a demotion on that law degree that you spent Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. My everybody. parents will be very happy. Thanks, everybody, for joining <laughs> us this week on The Heart of Sports. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.